clear, and uh, we printed it up for you even in color. That's how much we wanted you to be clear on it. We put it in color uh, where you could see exactly what they believe or don't believe, and I pray that you will do right by not only voting for who the Lord would have you to vote for, but do your best to get out there and explain to others why uh, this is a matter of spiritual warfare in our country this year. Second Corinthians chapter number 4, we're going to jump right into it if we could, uh, because tonight's message is very unusual as far as style, and I'll be honest with you, I, uh, I have a style, you know, I usually preach about three points if the Lord allows us to put the message in that format, and uh, I sit in the office all day long trying to get this to fit my style, and uh, the Lord just would not have any part of it, and I learned a long time ago, just go with his style when he wants you to go with his style, and so tonight we're going to have a very, very long introduction and a very short message. I told Brother Nate earlier, we were sitting here, I said, I think I'm going to give the longest introduction I have ever given, don't let that discourage you, all right? I'm going to give you the longest introduction I probably ever have in a message before, and then I'm going to give you one point in the message to go home with. Uh, but this is the way the Lord led us in, uh, in outlining this tonight, and I pray to be a blessing to you. Look down to chapter 4, 2 Corinthians verse number 1. We're going to read it through twice, and then we're going to read a lot of other verses a little bit later on. But let's read verse number 1 to get our context if we could. The Bible says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not. Let's read that again. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy. Now, notice those last three words we're going to key in on tonight. The Bible says, we faint not. Not. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you for your word tonight and the word we're going to continue to read here in just a few minutes. I thank you for the message. Now, Father, I pray you'd help us to preach this exactly the way you sent it. It's going to be a little different tonight, but I believe this is the way you'd have it done. And I just pray for your power and your leadership. And most of all, I pray your Holy Spirit, Lord, would Lord speak ever so clearly tonight to us the message, Lord, you want us to hear and help us receive it with our hearts, help us be changed by it and go home with it. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, all that we say tonight would be exactly the way you'd have us to. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Tonight we look down to verse number one. We're going to see something that we're going to continue our series with on advancing in adversity. And tonight I want to give you just a reason, one singular reason on why you should be resolved in advancing in adversity. And I assure you tonight it's going to take some resolve. Now look down to verse number one. At the end you're going to see our desire. Our desire is that we faint not. I think we go around the room tonight. I think every one of us would vote in agreements for that, that we desire that at some point through 2020, our desire, our goal, our prayer is that we faint not in 2020. I think all of us could probably agree as well tonight that at some point already in 2020, there has been the temptation for us to faint. I mean, my goodness, the circumstances we're living under right now are truly unprecedented. And not only are they unprecedented, but they're compounded one on top of the other. And the temptation is to do exactly what Paul says we're not going to do, that we faint not. Now, here comes the million-dollar question. How do we not faint? I mean, look, I know I've known some good Christians who've gone through a lot of things in the past six or seven months. I've known some good ones that have fainted. I've known some good ones that have buckled. I've known some good ones who have decided, you know what, I'm just going to quit and go on about my way, and they've done just that. And so how do we learn not to faint but to continue to advance in the midst of adversity? Well, at the end of the verse, we see how not to faint. Or at the beginning of the verse, we see how not to faint. Notice what he says. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... And there's a parenthetical there, as we have received mercy, 
We faint not. So let's put this together. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we faint not. Now, here's Paul saying why and how he did not faint. He says, it's because I have this ministry. The Apostle Paul is saying, I did not faint and we will not faint because of the reason of the ministry that we have. Now, this is very important tonight. When you look down at that passage of Scripture, the Bible says, seeing we have this ministry. Paul says, I have fainted not, and that's a result of the ministry that I have. There's a very important word. It's the word this. When you use the word this, oftentimes you're defining a difference. For instance, I come in tonight and I sit in this chair and not that chair. All right? You notice that? I'm defining a difference. I sit in this chair and not that chair. Now, the Apostle Paul is saying that we faint not as the result of this ministry. But here's the question. What is this ministry that the Apostle Paul is attributing, at least in this moment, the reason that we faint not. Paul says, I didn't faint because of this ministry. And what was that ministry? Well, let's try to figure that out. Notice the first word in verse 1 is the word therefore. Now, what is our rule when we find the word therefore? We try to go find what it is therefore. Anytime we see a therefore in Scripture, a therefore always reaches back before it points forward, okay? So when we see a therefore in the Word of God, a therefore is reaching back for something before it points for something in what is before us. So let's reach back a little bit, and we go through all of the verses in chapter number 3, and finally we backtrack to verse number 6. This is going to be the context for the message tonight. Bear with me. The introduction is going to be real long tonight, okay? And then I'll give you one singular point. Go back to verse number 6 in chapter number 3. And the Bible says, Who also hath made us able ministers of, here it comes, the New Testament. Paul says in verse 1 of chapter number 4, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we faint not. The Apostle Paul is saying that we do not faint because we have this ministry. Now, what is this specific ministry? Verse number 6, the Bible says the ministry is we're ministers of the New Testament. Now, what's happening in chapter number 3, he's contrasting the Old Testament ministry of Moses and the law and the New Testament ministry of Christ and grace. Now, this is very, very important tonight. We know Moses as the what? The law giver. And we look down to verse number 6, it tells us a little bit about that. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Now notice what we're talking about. We're talking about the law and grace. Stick with me tonight. So here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. We faint not. Why? Because we have this ministry, and this ministry is a ministry of grace. Aren't you glad tonight we are not ministers of the law, but we're ministers of the grace? I was thinking earlier, sometimes I find it hard to preach as a preacher in a ministry of grace. Can you imagine what it's like to be a minister and a preacher of the law? Man, bless Moses' heart. I mean, sometimes I whine and complain and gripe about being a preacher when I get to preach the ministry of grace. And yet Moses had to preach the ministry of law. I mean, talking about, look, we get to give out the good news. Moses gave out the bad news. All right, you look at the Old Testament, the ministry of Moses and the ministry of the law. He gave out the bad news. What was the law? The law was God's measuring stick. 
The law was what we measured up to. You know, I've been trying to lose some weight. I'm over a week into it. Amen. That's, that's a record for me. I'm doing very well with it and drinking a lot of water and cutting out a lot of calories and all those things. And I'm keeping track of how much weight I'm losing and where I stand. And I found out the other day that you can measure your waist and find out if you're morbidly obese or not. And there's a number. There's a real number that you can measure your waist by to find out if you're morbidly obese. I didn't measure myself. I didn't want to measure myself. Why? Because I didn't want to measure up and find out uh, that I'm morbidly obese according to what that statistic is. So I didn't measure myself, okay? But that's what the law was. The law is God's measuring stick. The law showed us exactly who we are and where we stood with God. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. The Bible says, Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. It was the law that showed us our sin. It was the law that showed us coming short. It was the law that showed us that we had come short of the glory of God. That's what the law did. I mean, talking about an unpopular preacher, I'm sure Moses was very much an unpopular preacher. Why? Because he was the one who had the ministry of the law, introducing what the Bible says, the letter in verse number 6. Romans chapter 3, the Bible says in verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law shows us our sin. The law shows us where we do and do not measure up in the eyes of God. Talking about not fun news to give people. I've been in rooms before with church members when doctors would come in and give them a terminal diagnosis of cancer. And my heart goes out to those who are suffering with that, but my heart went out to the doctor thinking he had to tell them that. He had to give them that bad news that they had something that was incurable, at least in the eyes of man and in the eyes of the doctor. I had a, just a few years ago at our church in Louisiana, uh, one of our men was out flying his airplane on Sunday afternoon and uh, didn't return on time. And during the service, his son walked in the back door and flagged for his brother to come back and found out that there was a plane that had crashed up in Lake Darbone, north of where, we, uh, where our church was at. And we did not know that if that was his plane or not. I remember I took the family, and the family sat in my office, and we were waiting for the phone call to find out whether or not that was Brother Lockhart's plane that had crashed, and my phone rang. I got up. I walked out of the office. I went in the parking lot, and I spoke with those, the dive teams that had gone to the lake where his plane had crashed, uh, and sure enough, that was uh, Brother Lockhart. He had passed away uh, in a plane crash that was there, and then I had to walk into the room, and I had to tell the son, the daughter-in-law, and the granddaughter that he had passed away. Just not fun giving bad news. And yet that's what Moses had to do. Moses had this ministry of giving the law, showing people where they measured up. Now, I want you to notice something. Stick with me, please. Don't leave me tonight, all right? Stick with me. Look down, if you will. I want you to see something in verse number 9. So here's Moses giving the law. And when you read this word ministration, we can substitute the word ministry. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory... Now watch what happened here. Even in the giving of the law, God's glory was revealed. Do you remember when Moses went up on the mountain to receive the law? Remember that? And God's glory was revealed to him so much so, if you look at verse number, uh, at the end of verse number 7, the Bible says, the face of Moses, they beheld the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance was the glory to be done away. The glory of God was revealed even in the giving of the law. 
Now, this is important to see tonight because we read in verse number 11, the Bible says, For that which is done away was glorious. What is it speaking of? It's speaking of the law. That God's glory was even revealed in the giving of the law. But watch this. The Bible says, if you could look on down to verse number 13, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Now, you remember they put the veil over his face to hide the glory. It kind of scared people. You know, I think today we probably think someone had a radioactive problem or something like that. Got x-rayed a few too many times or was going to be the next superhero in a comic book if their face was glowing like that. And so they took a veil and put it over his face. But that veil was not just a shield because of the light. God was using that veil as a symbol. You see, the children of God had rejected God in their disbelief. And you know what happens every time you reject God in disbelief? It leads to darkness. All right, stick with me. You're going to see where we're going with here in just a few minutes. We see the Bible says because of their disbelief, he ties that into verse number 13. Watch what he says. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. You see, that was a symbol of their blindness. Why? Because they were rejecting God in disbelief. This is why Romans chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, but became vain in their imaginations. And what does the Bible say? Their foolish heart was darkened. Why? Because of our disbelief and our rejection of God. Now, real quickly, we look down and we see in verse 13, this glory was concealed. The Old Testament and the law, the glory of God was concealed. And yet now the Bible says, look up to verse number 15. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord. What is it talking about? It's talking about their heart. When our heart turns to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So watch what happens. It goes from being concealed to being revealed, all right? The glory of God was concealed in disbelief, but when we believe on him and turn to him, now the glory of God can be revealed through us. Keep reading. Look at verse 18. The Bible says, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of God. Of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, see this, we're going to jump into the message. Paul says we have this ministry in verse 1, but he's reaching back to chapter number 3, and he's showing us in how, in their disbelief and turning from God and not turning to Christ, and how the glory of God was concealed. But when we turn to Christ, now the glory of God is revealed through us, and our life reveals Christ. Verse 18, the Bible says this, with open face. It's no longer concealed. When we turn to Christ, it's no longer in that veil, because through Christ, watch this, the veil has been removed, and the glory of God has been revealed. So watch what the ministry is. The Bible says in verse 18, finishing it out, That we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Apostle Paul is saying this, that once the glory of the Lord is revealed to us through Christ, that glory begins rubbing off on us a little bit. And then we begin to reveal Christ in our life. What a privilege. 
So Paul says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, what is it? He's saying, therefore, seeing we have this ministry of revealing Christ. Paul says we have the the ministry of revealing Christ in our life. Therefore, we faint not. Can I tell you tonight why we should advance in adversity? And why we should continue and not quit and have resolve in what God's called us to do is because we have this ministry, a ministry of grace that reveals Christ in the way that we live our life. And if we quit and we give up on God and we falter and we fail and we faint, we're not going to reveal Christ. We're going to conceal Christ. So tonight, Paul's going to show us in chapter number four of how we can advance in adversity to reveal Christ. Look, that should be your goal. That should be your motivator, that I've got to keep going, and I can't quit. Why? Because I have this ministry of grace, and in my life, and my persistence, and my resolve, I've got to reveal the glory of God through Christ in my life. That's what Paul said. I can't quit. I have a ministry. And can I tell you tonight, if you're saved, you're a born-again child of God, you have this ministry. You're called of God to keep going, to have, to have resolve in your spirit. Why? Because our ministry is to reveal Christ. And watch this. When people see Christ in us, you know what it does? It glorifies the Father. It's amazing in chapter number 3, we see the word glory or glorious mentioned 11 times. It's our job to glorify God. How do we do that? By revealing Christ. I'll give you an easy way to remember what the word glory means. Just add a W after the O. All right? You're never going to think of it the same way again. Add a W behind the O. It's kind of the way some folks say it here in the South. Glory, right? Glory, all right? That's what glory means. I'm supposed to glow a little bit. How do I glow a little bit? Verse 18 said it. The Bible says that we see clearly the veil is gone and we're changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So Paul's about to show us why he persisted and how he was able to continue going in order to reveal Christ. And tonight, just one point, advancing in adversity to reveal Christ. So let's look down if we could. Let's pick up in verse number 2. Paul says we faint not in verse 1. Verse 2, he says, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. I want you to know tonight, adversity can provide one of the greatest opportunities to reveal Christ. All right? We don't like it. It does not feel good. With AJ had a wonderful quote a while ago about this very subject of how adversity provides a wonderful opportunity for us to grow and to reveal Christ. But could we also agree tonight? Adversity also provides a great opportunity to conceal Christ. How do we not conceal Christ, but how do we reveal Christ in our persistence? Well, he shows us in verse number two one of the things we can do on the how-to part of it. He says we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Here's what Paul's doing. Paul's showing them how they can better reveal Christ in their life. And he says, renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Dishonesty simply means shame or dishonor. Paul says we've renounced, we've put away, we have shunned, we have stood against those things that dishonor God. Now notice how he describes these. He describes them as the hidden things. The hidden things. Do you know why tonight I believe so many, and look, I want you to know I'm right here in this boat with you. 
uh, because we all have the same tendencies to want to quit and give up and go home in the midst of adversity. And rather than reveal Christ by our persistence and not feigning, we conceal Christ by giving up. Do you know why so many Christians tonight give up and go home? It's because of the hidden things. It's the hidden things. I see it just about on a daily basis. Christians quitting and giving up, and you're thinking, was the battle too hot? No, oftentimes it was not the battle. It was the hidden things that they never renounced. The things that were buried, things that were kept under wraps, things that were concealed in their life, and those were the things that corrupted their walk and caused them to faint. Now, folks, can I tell you something tonight? Concealing sin will prevent you from revealing Christ. Can we remember that tonight? Concealing sin will prevent you from revealing Christ. Now, I hope all of our goal tonight is to faint not, to faint not. Why? Because we have this ministry. God's given us this ministry of grace, and he wants to reveal Christ through us. But can I tell you what does so many of us in? The hidden things. The hidden things. Boy, if you if you've grown up in church, you learn how to play the games, don't you? Don't we? We learn how to play the games. We learn how to dress, how to talk, and how, how to act. And then all of a sudden, one day, those people are AWOL. They're gone. They were here Sunday. They were in Sunday school, ladies' Bible study, men's prayer breakfast, and they're gone. What happened? They, they were sitting right here, and they were singing victory in Jesus, and, and everything went well, and now they fainted. They fainted. What happened? It wasn't the guy on the outside that fainted. It was the guy on the inside that fainted. Why? Because there were hidden things of dishonesty. Paul says, listen, I don't want to faint in my ministry to reveal Christ. Therefore, I renounce the hidden things. Paul says, I'm coughing them up. I'm getting them out. I'm shunning them. I'm rebuking them in my life. Why? Because those are the things that are going to do you in. What does Proverbs 28 tell us? He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. Prosper. Do you know what prospering is? It's moving on. It's growing. It's advancing in adversity. You're not going to continue in the will and the walk and the word of God for your life tonight as long as we have those hidden things that we've covered up. And buddy, we're good at it. We're good at it. I can cover up things from my wife when I'm mad at her or she's mad at me. Even my daughter as a child, here she is three, four years old. She's already learning how to hide things. If everybody, listen, if you have a child in here tonight, I'm assuming this probably happened to you. It happened to my child, and she's not in here tonight for me to embarrass. She's in the nursery, so everything's all right. Anytime she would have a dirty diaper, she was AWOL. Where's Miley? You got it. You know, it was real quickly, not it. Not it. We knew where she was. She had a dirty diaper, she had done something wrong, and she had done gone and found a corner to hide in or bury herself in her stuffed animals. Why was she hiding? Because she had done something wrong. I didn't want to change it, and Leslie didn't want to change it. I had something spiritual to go do with those moments in my life. We're all, listen, this flesh body is hardwired to hide those hidden things of dishonesty. It comes natural. What did Adam and Eve do? As soon as they had sinned with God, what did they do? They hid themselves. What did Achan do with the things that he stole? He hid them. He hid them. Why did Israel lose the battle and why did Achan lose everything? It was the hidden things. It was the hidden things. 
Folks, tonight, I, I'm, I don't want to play the church police by no means. I'm thankful for grace, by the way, in my life that God gives me. But I want you to know something. The longer we hide those things and we, we, we conceal those things from God, he tells us in his word we're not going to prosper. And it's going, listen, to hinder your advancing in the midst of adversity. You're not going to reveal Christ, which is our ministry. By the way, what a privilege it is that we get to reveal Christ. You know, uh, I love driving around town, and some of you have our church sticker on the back glass of your car. And, uh, man, it just makes me so excited that folks are not ashamed to put our church sticker on the back of their car. Now, some of you, I'm glad you don't have our church sticker on the back of your car. No, I'm picking with you. But, you know, I, I walk out to my car, and I see that sticker back there. I said, man, I'm, I'm so proud to be able to wear the, the central brand, even on my car. Man, my daughter, I get to wear the central polos. My daughter has the, the, the uniforms. Man, we get to wear that. But even more important than that, listen, we get to name the name of Christ in being called a Christian. And we have the privilege of this great ministry of grace, this ministry. Oh, thank God we don't have to be a part of the ministry of the law. Hey, nobody would show up. I might not even show up. I don't want to show up in here preaching on that. But listen, thank God we get to be a part of this ministry, the ministry of grace, which gets to reveal Christ. But you're not going to reveal Christ if you conceal sin. It's not going to happen. Wonder why, 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 why is my life not the witness it should be? Is there something buried that needs to be dug up? I use the phrase all the time. In my life and the lives of others, do you have any bodies buried in the backyard? I ask folks that all the time. Why? Because the Holy Spirit asks me that all the time. You know, if you had a body buried in your backyard, and I hope you don't, if you do, go confess it to somebody else. I'm not a priest. Don't tell me. You go tell the cops. I don't want to know. I see enough of what you do on Facebook. I don't want to know what you have buried in your backyard, all right? If you had a body buried in your backyard, man, you'd tiptoe around and be a little nervous, wouldn't you? You'd be uncomfortable, wouldn't you? You'd want to keep people away from it, wouldn't you? Why? Because you got something buried back there you shouldn't have buried back there. Now, if it's a dog or a cat, that's okay. Some of you are like, man, my backyard's a pet cemetery. No, that's okay. You know, I'm talking about people. All right, you know, some of you are breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, Folks, I believe tonight the reason we're not having revival I believe the reason that Christ is not being revealed in America is because Christ is buried right now and the image of Christ that we get to go and reflect to the world, it's buried under a lot of hidden things tonight. Oh, I believe with all of my heart, revival would break out. The glory of God would be revealed if the church just coughed up some of these hidden things. By the way, you know they're not hidden to the one that matters. Look, look, look. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Look. If you hide something from me, there is no trophy for that. My wife and daughter do that very well, all right? My, my wife and daughter hide the goodies sometimes from me. It's good right now because I'm trying to lose some weight. You, there's no trophy for that. There's no award for that. So you're not hiding it from the only one that counts. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. Why do we think we're hiding it from the only one that matters? Look, it doesn't matter what I think about you, but what does matter is what he knows about you. And the reason we have no power in our lives and no witness, by the way, you know, that's your greatest witness. A lot of us try to study up and know just the right thing to say. Look, your greatest witness is the one they see in you. And oh, if they could just see Christ in you. That's what our world needs to see right now so desperately. But you know why they can't see Christ? Because we have fainted. Because we didn't realize the importance of this ministry that we have. Which is a ministry of grace where we reveal Christ in our life. 
Back in June of 2018, there was a five-year-old girl from Grenada, Mississippi. Her name was Caitlin Griffin. She was standing there talking with her mother, I believe, in the kitchen, uh, if I had the story correct. And all of a sudden, the girl hits the floor, five years old, boom, hits the floor. She's awake and she's breathing, but she cannot move her legs. The mom picks the little girl up, pats her on the back. She's okay. She's breathing. She seems fine. A couple of minutes later, all of a sudden, boom, she hits the floor again. Mom's talking to the girl. The girl says, I feel fine. I just can't move my legs. And so they called an ambulance immediately, and they took little five-year-old Caitlin to the hospital as quick as they could. And the doctors are trying to figure out what is wrong with this young lady. And the minute he flips up her long blonde ponytail, at the base of her skull, there was a small, common, ordinary little seed tick. After planting the grass, I'm sure she'd picked it up and climbed up her leg and made it all the way up to her neck and had pinched a nerve, was biting down into something that totally paralyzed her. Her mom is sitting there trying to figure out what's wrong with you. You look fine. You're breathing. You don't have a fever. What's the matter with you? The little girl says, I don't know what's the matter with me. And finally, there was a doctor who had enough wisdom to help her find one of the hidden things. How many of us tonight, how many of us tonight are struggling Can't figure out what's wrong with me. Can't figure out why our life is not the witness that it needs to be. We can't figure out tonight why we don't have the power of God on our life. We can't figure out why we can't get it together. It just may be something that we buried a while back that we need to go dig up. And what does the Bible say? Look at verse 2. Renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Can I ask you tonight, is there something in your life, your heart, or your home that dishonors God? That's what dishonesty means, dishonor. He said, well, I don't think, no, 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 no. He wasn't saying the things that we think are dishonest. He was saying the things that God knows are dishonest. And by the way, the Holy Spirit has a really neat way of letting us know what those things are. I assure you tonight, listen, if you're a Christian who harbors those things in your life, in your home, in your heart, your life's not going to reveal Christ. Paul says we faint not. Why? Because we have this ministry. And Paul says, I don't want to faint, so here's what I'm doing. I'm renouncing the hidden things of dishonesty. So tonight, if we're going to advance in adversity so that we can reveal Christ, we've got to make sure that we've renounced any of those hidden things. i got to ask you before we even get to the invitation tonight. We're not there yet, so don't get excited. But before we get there tonight, the Holy Spirit will show you something hidden. Would you dig it up? Could we just dig it up? I've told several people this week, well, Lord bless us with a wonderful day on Sunday. Just a great day being in God's house. And I can't tell you what's going to happen on the outside of these walls in the next days and weeks and months and years in our country. But according to the word of God, I can tell you what can happen on the inside of these walls if we as his people just be obedient to the will and the word of God. So some of our guys this week, it says it's time we plan our foot and move forward. It's time we get about the will of God for our church and see what God can do even in the midst of all of the things that are going on. But I'll tell you this. Sin and that's those things that dishonor God will stifle the power of God in the church. And so tonight, if God were to show us some of those hidden things in our life that we've got buried and hidden away from him, that we think we have hidden away from him, would we dig it up so that Central Baptist Church could be all that it needs to be in this time? What does Proverbs 28 say, the second half of the verse? But whoso confesseth and forsaketh, you know what that is? It's the same thing that Paul was saying. I'm going to rebuke it, get it out of my life, shall find mercy. So notice real quickly in verse 2, there's something else he mentions. He's about to have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. And then he says, not walking in craftiness. 
So what are we talking about? We're talking about this ministry we have. The ministry of grace to reveal Christ. That's what we get to do. The glory of God. We get to reveal that to people through our life. But we've got to make sure that we renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Then not walk in craftiness. Now that word walk, you know, you think about walking in craftiness. You know what I first thought about? Hobby Lobby. He's not talking about Hobby Lobby. You know, because you're walking in craftiness. Look, I mean, Hobby Lobby is not my favorite place to go in the world. But if I walk around there long enough, I'm going to find something to be crafty about. I mean, I can see where you ladies get it. That's why you need to hang around there so long because they give you ideas while you're in there. But walking in craftiness is not speaking of just taking a journey around Hobby Lobby, okay? Much to your disappointment, but that's not what it's saying. A walk is, of course, our way of life. It's our way of life. So notice first Paul says, I don't want to faint, that we faint not. Why? Because we have this wonderful ministry of revealing Christ and the glory of God through Christ being reflected in our life. So I'm going to renounce the hidden things of of dishonesty, and then I'm also going to pay close attention to my walk. As you read chapter number 4, you can definitely see a compare and contrast to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very good at walking in craftiness. So what do you mean by that? Well, they lived a life that was orchestrated with a lot of show, with just a little bit of substance. Is that not the Pharisees? A whole lot of show and a very little bit of substance. Kind of like our facade we have for vacation Bible school. Man, it looked good. Uh, I mean, I expected to walk in that store and get a glass of milk or something just any minute. It looked that real, but there was no substance to it. There was nothing backing it up. It was just crafted. I want you to understand something tonight. If your walk with God is something that you have crafted, and rather than something that he has ordained, your life is not going to reflect or reveal the glory of Christ. Too many of us tonight are just like the Pharisees. Our religion is simply a matter of convenience. That's what he's speaking about here. The Pharisees had a type of religion, a form of godliness, but definitely denied the power thereof. The Pharisees had crafted together their own personal religion that benefited them, but there was no substance to it. I assure you tonight, if you want your life to reveal Christ, you've got to have a real walk with God and not a crafted one. It's got to be real. What do you mean? It's got to be your way of life. It can't be just something that we do twice a week. I listen, a, 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 a life that reveals Christ, it can't be a Sunday morning only or maybe a Wednesday night only. It's got to be the way of life for you and your home. So many of us, we just craft these things together and there's no power there. I'll give you an example. You've been watching the, the uh, Supreme Court hearings. I watched a little bit of it today until I couldn't stand it anymore. I really do. I have to turn it off because it messes with my spirit. And I don't want to have a bad attitude. I want to smile, all right? I want to be happy. I sign my name with a smiley face. Every time I sign my name, it's with a smiley I like being happy. And I watch too much of that stuff. I'm not happy anymore, so I turn it off, all right? And I'm watching these Supreme Court uh, hearings, the confirmation for uh, Judge Barrett, and it's amazing. It's amazing how the Democrat Party, we're just going to call it like it is, the Democrat Party over here uses the Constitution (laughs) When it benefits them. I mean, I just I almost lost, lost it today listening to them grill her about preconceived judgments when several of them said upon her nomination that they would not even meet with her. He said, what are they doing? They're crafting their own walk. 
It's not one that's been ordained or ordered by the Lord. They're just crafting their own walk. But I'll tell you, some of us are just as bad. Some of us are just as bad tonight. Our walk is a walk of convenience. And I want you to know this. If revealing Christ is a matter of convenience, you will never reveal Christ in your life. It's rarely going to be convenient. You're not going to be able to craft the situation and make it to where it's conducive to reveal Christ. As a matter of fact, most of the time, the best time you'll reveal Christ is in the midst of adversity. So notice what Paul says. He says, in order to reveal Christ and faint not, we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty and not walking in craftiness. Ephesians chapter 2, what does the Bible say about our walk? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What does it go on to say? The Bible says, which God hath before ordained, we should walk in them. You know, that's not just Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. A walk is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. If we are going to reveal Christ in our life and not faint, listen, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if it's a walk or a lifestyle. It can't be something that you pick up only when it's convenient to you. It's not going to work. People are not going to see Christ in your life. This is why Genesis chapter 6 verse 9, the Bible says that Noah walked with God. That means it was his lifestyle. Look, you don't build a big old boat out of the middle of nowhere and have no takers on wanting to ride with you other than your family without some kind of resolve. Where did he get that from? He walked with God. We're about to get to the place sooner or later, the days of Noah. It's got to happen sooner or later, doesn't it? It's going to get difficult. Man, God's called us to reveal Christ to this world. Not going to be a whole lot of takers on that one. Not a whole lot of takers on it right now. And yet that's what he's called us to do. How do we keep doing that and not faint? I'll promise you, you've got to have a walk. Noah walked with God. It wasn't his building skills that got that job done. It wasn't the strength of his sons that got that job done. What got that job done to the completion was a simple fact that Noah walked with God. And if we're going to advance in adversity to reveal Christ, number one, you're going to have to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Number two, you're going to have to have a walk with God. What happened when Moses, we read in chapter 3, what happened when he walked with God? Spent a little time up there walking with God. He came back, and guess what he did? He glowed. There's our word again. The glory of God was revealed. Why? He walked with God. You'd be amazed at how much Christ would be revealed in your life if you walked with God. Why? Because you walk with him, it rubs off on you. Look, it's more contagious than the coronavirus. I'm serious. We're so scared of that thing. And look, I know I had a friend of mine up in Monroe. Her brother died just today from the virus. It's a very real virus. But I'll tell you something, folks. When you walk with God, it rubs off on you. The next thing you know, your life is revealing Christ, and you didn't have to go read a whole bunch of books except for this one to have it happen. So number two, we see that it involves our walk. And then finally, look down. The Bible says in verse 2, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. What are we talking about here? The Pharisees were master manipulators. They could take the word of God and they could wrap it around a corner in order to benefit them. There's a word I want you to see in verse number two. It's important. The Bible says, nor handling 
the word of God, nor handling the word of God. You know, oftentimes what the Pharisees would do and what you and I are prone to do is we like to handle the word of God, but not let the word of God handle us. Is that not true? Man, we like to break out the sword, but we need the sword. We're going to break it out and we know how to use it. We get a flat tire. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. And it's kind of a band-aid that helps us get past that flat tire simply because we didn't keep the air pressure checked like we needed to. We'll break out this and we can condemn somebody else. But when it comes back around like a boomerang to our life, whoa, whoa, whoa now. I don't mind handling it, but I don't want it to handle me. I've said many times, I'm so thankful there's not a spiritual uh, crime scene investigator unit that could come back to my office, one of those lights, to see blood all over the walls. Because I want you to know, you get back there and you get in this thing very long, it's going to cut you up. I'll get in there and say, boy, I'm going to take this just today. I'm trying to squeeze this message into my style. God says, you can go ahead and try if you want, but you're going to lose. So you might as well give in while we're going now. So I just gave in and said, we're going to go with his way tonight. Blood splattered all over the walls back there. Why? Because the word of God's going to handle you. By the way, what good would it be if it didn't handle us? The Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and it's sharp. It's going to do a job, Isaiah 55, 11, the Bible says, it's going to accomplish what he sent it to do, the word of God. Listen, this is not a butter knife. How often do we use butter knives? Sometimes for butter, maybe. Sometimes to open a letter, maybe. But that's about it. Maybe throw it somebody if they break in the house, that's about it. But boy, a good old sharp steak knife, you can do something with that, can't you? The word of God's not a butter knife. It's got uses. And God's got plans for this. But here's the problem. The Word of God has got to handle us, not just us handle the Word of God when it's convenient for our life. We've got to let the Word of God have its will and way in our life. And if you desire to reveal Christ in your life, is that not the goal? That's the goal. That our life, that we continue to finish our course, and along the way we reveal Christ to the world. The only way you're going to do it, renounce the hidden things. Got to clean up some things. Get those things out. Then the second thing, pay close attention to our walk. You're not going to reveal Christ in your life if you don't have a real walk. It's going to come out sooner or later. And then notice the last one. He just simply says, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Allow the word of God to handle you. Don't just pick it up when it's convenient. Don't pick it up. I hate to say this, but oftentimes I've talked to Christians. I think the only time they crack this thing open is when they're trying to find a way to defend their sin. I'm going to say that one more time. Oftentimes, the only time we crack this thing open is when we're looking for some way to defend our sin. I've had the Word of God thrown at me lately on why it's okay to drink alcohol. For the first time, that thing's been cracked open in a while. You know what that is? That's using or handling the Word of God deceitfully. But when you bring the Word of God back around to them to show them the error of their way through the Word of God, whoa now. No, 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 no. We can't have it both ways. Either we allow the Word of God to do the work in our life that it desires to do. By the way, what does it desire to do in our life? It desires to make us more like Christ. When you let God's Word do what it wants to, just let it do what it wants to before long. What does it say, verse 18? Go back up to verse 18 real quick. Chapter 3. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. His glory starts rubbing off on us. But you've got to allow the word of God 
to do what he sent it to. I want you to see one more thing and we're done. Look down to verse number 8. Watch what Paul says. We are troubled on every side. Boy, a big hearty amen. This was not written in 2020. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Oh my goodness. I think that was written for 2020. But watch verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That, that means because of or as a result of, the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. Now notice what he said. He says, I don't want to faint. We're not going to faint. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to renounce the hidden things of darkness. We're going to dig up anything that's going to keep us from continuing so that our lives could reveal Christ. And then what we're going to do, we're not going to walk in craftiness. We're going to walk with God, all right? We're not just going to walk in Christian convenience. And then what we're going to do, go back to chapter 4, uh, chapter four verse 2. He says we're not going to handle the Word of God deceitfully. We're going to let the Word of God handle us. And then we see what happens. It enabled them to not faint when they were troubled on every side. It enabled them to keep going when they were perplexed but not in despair. It enabled them to keep going when they were persecuted because they knew they were not forsaken. They were cast down but not destroyed. All because why? The Bible says, bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Do you know what the word manifest means? Displayed. Displayed. Now, folks, wouldn't it be wonderful tonight to get to the place where we realize we've been given a precious ministry, the ministry of grace to reveal Christ. I and you, listen, we have the privilege tonight to reveal Christ in our life, but you're not going to be able to do that if you don't renounce those hidden things. Check how your walk is going tonight. And then let the word of God do what it desires to do. And the result of that, the result is simply this. You might get troubled, but you're not going to be distressed. You might get perplexed, but you're not going to be in despair. You might get persecuted, but you're not forsaken. You might get cast down, but you're not destroyed. And through your life, the life of Christ will be displayed. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I want to continue and faint not. I want our church not to faint. I want your home not to faint. The other day I sat down and began to make a list of COVID casualties that I know of. That I know of, not just in our church, but Christians in general that I know of and I fellowship with. And it's something that will bring you to tears. Families that have been lost. I'm talking about lost in this pandemic. Christians that have gotten out of church because of this. People that have gotten sideways with other people because of this. And they have fainted. During this pandemic. Why did they faint? Well, it was a pandemic? No. Good chance was there were some hidden things that need to be taken care of. Good chance their walk was not what they thought it was or what it should have been, even though that's what everybody else thought it was, and they fainted. Chances is they would use the Word of God when they wanted it for their convenience, but not allow the Word of God to work in them. And then they did fall. And they did they did get cast down. And it cost them everything. Now, folks, tonight, I don't know about you, but I want Christ revealed in my life. 
I want Christ revealed in my life. I used to want to be eloquent and polished. I used to want to be well-known. Well, it was a goal of mine, Brother Jim, to have one of my messages published in the sword of the Lord. Man, that was just kind of, Brother Breland, that was kind of the top of the thing there, you know. Now, all I want in my life is for Christ to be revealed in my life. That's it. That's it. But his, his, Christ is not going to be revealed in your life if you quit. And you're going to quit because of those things in verse number 2 that we have an opportunity to take care of right here and right now tonight. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Paul says we have this ministry. It was a ministry of grace, one to reveal Christ. Paul says because we have this ministry, we faint not, can afford to faint. And Central Baptist Church can't afford to faint tonight. Why? Because we have this ministry. I can't quit. I can't give up. I can't go home. I can't run out on God. Why? Because we have this ministry, the ministry of grace to reveal Christ. But I assure you tonight, you will faint if you don't renounce the hidden things. You will faint if you don't have a real walk. And you will faint if you don't allow the word of God to handle you tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you for the message. Lord, I trust you did your part tonight, and I know you did. And I pray tonight we'll do our part, Lord, during this invitation. Lord, if there's anything you've showed us in our life that needs to change, help us, Lord, to be obedient to that, that we might, Lord, have a life that shows the glory of Christ just a little bit more in our testimony. Help us as a church collectively to resolve, because we have this ministry. We're not going to faint. And we're willing to do what we need to do, Father, in order to reflect Christ in this church, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand heads bowed, eyes closed.